Happy Sabbath. I'm going to be all caught up. These masks get in the way. All right, can you guys hear me, yes or no? All right, that's a good first start. And let's see if things are working. Let's begin with prayer, amen? Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for everything that you've been doing to speak to us this far in the service. Lord, speaking to us through the song that Juliana was singing, and Lord, speaking to us through the children's story and through the offering call and speaking to us, Lord, through the announcements and the things that you are doing in your church and the testimonies. And I just pray, Father, that you would continue that, that you would lay aside, Lord, all the things that could distract us for this moment, that you would speak and direct your word into our hearts and minds so that we could be ready for you when you return in the clouds of glory. We thank you, Father, for everyone that's come and for those that are watching online. We pray that they'd receive the blessing that they came to receive and that they would be the blessing that you intended for them to be. I thank you for hearing this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So what is the message title for today? You guys sound so quiet. Beware of what? The false prophet. So what is a prophet? How would you define a prophet? A mouthpiece of God. So you're to beware someone pretending to be a mouthpiece of God, right? So we need to dive into that a little bit deeper and see what we can find. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. You guys are all preparing for what event? An evangelistic series that's preparing us for what event? The second coming, right? And we're seeing the signs of his second coming, and that's the title of our series that's going to be taking place. We are running low on these cards, which by God's grace, we've ordered more. So if you're wanting some, just know that more are on their way. That's a good problem to have. Amen? And as you're turning four, I wanted you to um, just listen to a little story here that took place with me and Ramon this week. And I wanted to share it just to kind of set the tone of how God speaks to each and every one of us. You see, if we're just doing things our way, it never accomplishes God's plans and his purposes. It all began about a week ago, actually. Me and uh, my wife and a few others were going to the park with our children, and we just were walking around, enjoying the time. And the kids were kind of up ahead with Sammy, and all of a sudden they were talking to a strange car. And of course, as parents, you get a little concern of who might be talking to our children in that car, but it happened to be, it was Ramon, so it was safe. We get up there, and I speak with Ramon. I said, hey, Ramon, you know, we talked about getting together to work out. Are you going to be coming? And he says, well, he said, uh, we will, uh, you know, get a schedule to you on Monday when I can come. So he sent me, he said, I'm going to be there Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 5 a.m., So I said, okay, those are the nights I don't get any sleep. So I had it all scheduled down there. He came with me on the Tuesday, and we had a nice workout together. And then Thursday, he texted me and said, you know, I'm a little sore. I've been out of working out for a while. He's like, I'm going to skip today. And so he was going to be there with me for Friday. And so on Friday morning, we show up at the gym, 
and it's just going to be a normal workout. I wasn't thinking God had special plans or anything else, but I'm always anticipating. I'm always praying, right? And uh, so we get there, and Ramon is kind of just messing around in between. I guess he got bored as I was doing something there, and he starts doing some pull-ups, but he's just messing around. He's not doing them properly. Well, him doing that, somebody sees him and walks over and says, hey, that's not how you do pull-ups, and starts talking to Ramon to correct him. And uh, that conversation led to us meeting a man who has been through addiction, who's recently given his life to Jesus, is reading for the first time through the Bible, which led me to invite him to the series, which I happened to only have one card in my car left that was specifically for him, which then he said, how can I get my wife to come, which led to us praying right there in the gym together. And none of that stuff could have been anything I could have came up with on my own. As I was here during the week, I didn't get to see a lot, but I got to hear Core and some of their testimonies just for a brief moment. And I was hearing God speak through them as well as God was moving on one person that they knock on the door to give uh, money but not get a book so that then they came to this child who was then able to get a book. And I was just touched by how God is doing that. We need to hear the voice of God. And if you get nothing else from my message today, understand that God is real and he speaks to each and every one of us. And if you're not hearing God's voice, it matters not what else you do, you will be lost. And so, with all that, we dive in. Hopefully the slides will work to Matthew chapter 24, which is on your Bible, but it should also be on the screen. 24 and verse 24, what does it say? You guys are quiet again. Okay, so false Christ, people who are going to present false hopes, false plans, right? False prophets, those who are going to speak words that are not of God, but words of men, will rise up. And these men are going to, if possible, deceive even the elect. So this tells me something right from the start, that this is not going to be some atheist person. This isn't going to be somebody that's outside the church. But we're talking about people right amongst ourselves are going to be used in these ways, or we wouldn't believe it. Are you following? So let's see if we can't follow through this a little bit further. Matthew 24, verse 24 continues, or verse 25c, he says, I have told you what? Beforehand, God's already warned us. We know Matthew chapter 24, signs of the second coming, one of the big events, false Christs and false prophets. And God has warned us of that. Verse 15, he says this. He says in Matthew 7, verse 15, I'm sorry, I jumped uh, chapters there. Matthew 7, verse 15, he says, beware of what? Why? Why does he say to beware of false prophets? You guys are really quiet. They're well disguised. What do they look like? They look like sheep. What do the sheep represent? Christ-like, right? So this could look like possibly someone sharing a message from the Word of God, right? Appearing to be a good Seventh-day Adventist Christian, but they could be inwardly messed up. Is that possible? 
They could be ravenous wolves. You know, I just recently started taking a dance class with my wife, and uh, I was, you know, really scared to do that. I'm like 41 years old. I've never danced in my life, and uh, at least not well. (laughs) And uh, so anyways, just to clarify, Adventists do dance. It's just we don't believe in sensual dance with other people that are not your spouse, right? And so, remember, we need to follow the Bible, not traditions, not false prophets that have maybe misled us. As Adventists, we're Bible-believing Christians, and in the Bible, it's very kosher to dance. Just want to make sure that's clear. Okay? So anyways, one thing that I learned in this was that it's important to have a good instructor. So important to have a good instructor. It's also something I learned is that my eyes deceived me because I used to think everybody could dance but me. Even when I first walked in, I was like, I was overwhelmed because I was like, man, look at all these people. Instantly I saw them. They looked like they all knew what they were doing until I started to get close to them and I started to do the things with them and I started to discover that they were just as bad as me. And then I even got a better feeling when I realized as we got doing this stuff that they actually, some of them were thinking, you know, wow, I can't wait to get to him because he knows what he's doing. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? And I realized something that most of us in our Christian experience have been lied to for so long that they actually are looking at the wolves and thinking they're Christians. And until you get in and you start to realize and you hear the voice of God, you start to realize we're all in the same boat. And if we don't have Christ, a good instructor, none of us make it in. We need to hear his voice. Revelation is what? What order of the Bible? What book? It's the last book, and it's speaking of last day events, right? Revelation 19 and verse 20. Turn those pages if you'd like. Even the word of God is powerful. Amen. It's on the screen as well, and we just want to thank all those that are watching online, but we want you to know we can't wait to see you here in person because there's nothing better than being live and being present where God is. Amen? He can be with you wherever you are, and he is with you wherever you are, but there's something about that gathering, we're told in the scriptures, coming together and hearing the testimonies and the stories of each other that is powerful. Revelation 19 and verse 20 says this, It says, then the beast was captured, and with him who? The false prophet. Now, you guys are going to be coming very soon to signs of the second coming, and uh, hopefully you will get very clear that the false prophet is actually the United States of America. You understand that, right? And how did the United States of America come out? Like a lamb. Like a good Christian nation, right? Right? But it spoke, its actions were that of a dragon, right? So in order to know whether you're dealing with a lamb or a wolf in lamb's clothing, you need to look at the actions. Make sense so far? But you might have been looking at the wrong actions all along. So let's see if we can't figure this out. Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. You have Isaiah Then you have Jeremiah, and we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 13. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 13. Are you guys there? Amen. 
I remember it was always fun when we were younger to see who could get there the fastest, right? Just trying to race through. And sometimes it can be challenging because your fingers just don't go where it is or you don't know where it is. That's okay. Just take time. But it's fun to try. The more we exercise, the better we get. Amen? Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 13 says this. It says, Because from the least of them, even to what? The greatest of them, everyone is given to? And some verses in the Bible I just wish I could pull out. I mean, what? That does not sound very nice, right? What is covetousness? Huh? Envy, did somebody say? Okay. Wanting someone else's stuff. Wanting someone else's position. Wanting someone else's attention. Wanting someone else's confirmation or uh, assurance, maybe, right? But every one of us, it's some way is filled with covetousness is what it's saying and from the prophets even to the priest everyone deals falsely it's kind of like those verses that say all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God or all men are liars let God be true you know we don't like to believe that part of the scripture we don't like to listen to that voice because it actually is not very flattering right like, all of us are messy. It's kind of like what I learned when I got into the dance class. And had I been thinking, you go to a dance class to learn to dance, which means you must not know how. But I hadn't thought of that. I was so overwhelmed. I was like, you know what? I'm going there so they can all make me look bad. Like, they're going to realize how horrible this white guy is, and he's got no rhythm. Can't even hear it. But I found that when you get close to people, you realize that God is true. And the true sheep are the ones who are willing to actually be vulnerable and hear the voice of God. You know, it became much more comfortable for me when I realized I wasn't alone. When I realized that others also needed instruction. But what if people came to church and felt all alone? What if they got the impression that they were the only ones struggling to hear God's voice? What if they got the impression that you all look so good and so Christian-like, but they didn't realize the wolf that was lying in your heart? They didn't realize that God was still being patient with you and still working with you and that you were the chief offender and that if God could save you, if God, that, that if we would just take off our coverings for a minute people would feel comfortable is that possible but some of us have been listening to false prophets some of us have been listening too much to speakers who emphasize solely what you do instead of who you're hearing from and i want to show you clearly from the word of god that they are leading you in a path that will not end well So let's see if we can't see that ourselves. Jeremiah 6 and verse 13 says this. They have also healed the hurt of my people. How? Slightly. I don't want to be healed slightly. Any of you guys want to recover just barely from COVID? (laughs) No, right? You want to get well and you want to prosper, right? How did they heal the people slightly? What did they say? They said, peace, peace, when they're 
is no peace. And so there's a certain time where your message shouldn't be peace because there is no peace. There's a coming destruction, right? There's a God that is coming. He's holding back the winds. He's trying to give everybody an opportunity. But at some point, as they say, all hell is going to break loose. Right? But if you sit there and you give the wrong message, even if at one time it was right, and that's where the deception drops. And I want to just give you a few examples of that. The children of Israel are walking to the promised land. They had been delivered by God. They had been rescued from their burdens, and they were headed to the promised land. They had witnessed the miracles. They saw the water part. They saw God just do the impossible things. They had sang his songs. But when they finally got to the border, I mean, the whole purpose, every day that they lived was simply to enter into the promised land, to experience what God had promised. But they got there, and ten people gave a false prophet message. They told some things that seemed to be true, right? But it didn't heal the people at all. And it ended up that God said, okay, now my instruction is you're to wander around until you die in the wilderness. And some then rose up again. Now speaking the words that God had said just moments before, but now it was a false prophecy. Are you following? So some people don't understand this and they're so, they're so grasped by what, but it says this right here, but they haven't read the scriptures to understand that Jesus is never confined by a certain moment or a certain instance, but he's a living God. That's why when he met the woman caught in adultery, there's those that could, with a false prophecy, say, Jesus, you are required to pick up a stone. But Jesus said, not so. I serve the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob. He's alive. And he knows the hearts. How many of you, how many of you can do the same thing for each of your children? Now, not ever you have children, but... But understand, how many of you can treat your friends the same way? Or you can have the same experience with every teacher in school or, or, or what? I mean, every person is different and unique. And yet sometimes we think, we've, we've heard false prophets tell us that it's always the same. But if you read your Bible for 10 minutes, you'll find it's not true. God says... We shouldn't sacrifice our children. Yet he told Abraham to go and sacrifice his children. Now, if you were so governed by, nope, this is what it says, that you refuse the voice of the living God. Imagine how that story would have been different. I could tell you story after story, but just read your scriptures and understand. This book is not meant to limit the limitless God. This book's only purpose, it's not meant to be read so that you can somehow earn righteousness or, or somehow get to be a better Christian. It's, it's simply read so you can discern between good and evil, so that you can understand the voice of God. But if it was just a book... That was all, everything was just right here and that was it. Then God is dead. Once you understand, we have books about all sorts of events in history of dead people. 
But last I checked, I serve the God who is and who was and who will ever be. The God who knows the end from the beginning, who saw my day and was glad, who, who died on the cross for my sins. And I've got him, a living God, giving me play-by-play movements, telling me what to do. And I can understand because I've been discerned by reading his scriptures to know that he's speaking to me. But if you've been misled, to actually believe that everything is always the same way, then I'm sorry, my friends, you're going to have a tough time when we start to run. Because you won't know his voice. His voice will never lead you against the scriptures, per se. But you have to understand that God's way is not our way and that we can't be so arrogant to think we fully understand what everything means. Are you following? Jesus came to show them how to keep the Sabbath, but they thought he was breaking it. Jesus came to show them what it means to love, but they thought he was a wine-bibber and a glutton. I mean, Jesus came here to show us how to be living lives that are pleasing to God, but they accused him of worshiping the devil. And these are people who read the same book you and me read. They had their speakers get up, and they shared, and people were turned away from Jesus by people preaching from the Word. Are you understanding? I cannot be silent and just heal you slightly. I need you to understand something. I am not the voice of God, but you can hear God's voice through me when I speak with God. Does this make sense? God's voice is something you better get to know and better get to know it quick, including myself. I don't want you to get the wrong impression and start thinking, I've got it all together. I still don't have the perfect rhythm to beat with the heart of God. I'm still not always in tune with him. I'm not always doing as he asks me to do. And I want to make sure that's clear. And I'm not lying. I'm not joking. I'm not playing around. He's coming. And he speaks to every one of us. We don't always like what he says. But I'll tell you this the best thing ever. The movies try to come up with their own versions, but God is really the one telling you, kind of like in the Matrix. (laughs) I'm not, not recommending that movie or anything, but you understand what I'm saying. He's telling you, go here. And if you don't go, it's only going to cause you pain and hurt because God doesn't want you to be suffering. But there's some Christians that would actually tell you that the more you suffer, the more godly you are, and they are lying to you. I'm going to show you that through Scripture and Ellen White. But let's continue on. Amen? It says here in Jeremiah 6, 13, or verse 15, it says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? And it's not going up on there. There it goes. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? What do you think? No. They were not at all ashamed. Nor did they know how to blush. You know, there's a proper time to blush and be ashamed. I think of Daniel, 
another false prophet, not, he's not the false prophet, but there was a false prophet that went before they went into to captivity. If you remember, they were going into captivity, and Jeremiah said, and they thought Jeremiah was the false prophet. He's like, hey, pray for the Babylonians. Live your life to the fullest. Marry. Have kids. Don't try to leave. Don't try to, to, to break it down. Don't pray against it, but pray for the city. And as much as it prospers, so shall you. And I'll tell you, he would have probably sounded like a very liberal preacher that day. Because the people of that day were saying, no, 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 the the scriptures say we turn to God and he hears our voice and 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 he's going to break this captivity. And they were preaching all this stuff and they were lying to the people. It was their message, not God's. And what I want to try to get across that's very challenging here is that if you are being directed and living your life based on what Adventist preachers are telling you you're going to be lost. Or what you know of Adventism. You need to know God. And God formed the Adventist church, and he's not going to leave the Adventist church, and he speaks through Adventist people. But understand this, Adventists can get it wrong. The disciples got it wrong. And they walked with Jesus. We need to understand there's a time to blush. You see, Daniel was coming towards the end, and and Daniel didn't spend his time. Neither did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trying to point out the corruptions of Babylon, though there was many. They didn't spend their time trying to tell everybody, oh my goodness, it's so corrupt here. You better be very careful that you don't fall. No, no. He was concerned about those that had already eaten of the food, that knew the living God, that had broken down. They they weren't listening to his voice. He knew of those that were bending their knee at the idol. He knew that they had still not learned to hear his voice since the time that they had been led into captivity. And so he begins to pray a prayer where he says, God, we deserve to be shamefaced. We deserve everything that's taking place. Lord, he's pouring out his heart because he's saying, I don't see that we're any better than when we were when we came in, and yet we're coming to the end of our probation. And then I saw today. And I have to ask the question, is it any different? There's a time we need to blush. There's a time we need to confess. We may have been just looking at human reasoning. Verse 30, chapter 5, says this. It says, an astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. This is Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 30. What could this be? That is so horrible in the sight of God. Well, he tells you, verse 31, the prophets do what? They prophesy falsely. So what does that mean? It says the priests, they rule by their, whose power? Whose authority? Jesus? The one who has given all power and all authority? No, it's by their own power and their authority. You know how many times I've heard things and I've, I've dived into it deeper and people have left our church because they thought that on the Sabbath you could only wade so deep. Or maybe they thought that on the Sabbath, you know, you could only do this or you could only listen to this type of thing. And, and it, all these rules of men and the question comes down, what is God saying? It's his church 
It's his children. And we need to stop writing in things that aren't in there. Just because God may have asked you not to do it, doesn't mean he asked me not to do it. Are you following? What I have discovered is human nature always wants to make everyone like ourselves. And so if I have a burden to go do mission work, I think all of you should have a burden to do mission work, but your mission work might be here, and going with me might be against God's will. So what you need to do is you need to be listening for his voice. And I appeal to you, if you don't know his voice, then please don't stop until you do. And if you need a class, if you need some help, if you need whatever, I can tell you God is speaking to every one of you and has since you were born. Nobody needed to teach you what was wrong because God's been teaching you since you were a child. The problem is we don't like to listen. We don't like to listen. Something happened here to my slides, but that's okay. There's a devil that doesn't want you to hear this message. Amen? Jeremiah 6.13. No, we already did that one. Let's keep going. Okay, I'm catching up. It says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3. If you guys will go there, that's New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 3. How many of you guys want to serve a living God? Amen? Last I checked, real people have real communication. Right? God doesn't just speak through me. In fact, if I was being 100% vulnerable, sometimes I wonder how he can. In fact, it's more often than not. It's usually when I'm seeing myself correctly. There's sometimes I get deceived and I start thinking, hey. And then I get woken up really fast. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3. Are you guys there? It says, for when they say what? Peace and safety. What comes next? Sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. How many of you women would have children if it was all just pain? (laughs) If that never stopped, no child ever came, you just were constantly in pain, would you have children? No, you have children because you're not looking to the pain. You're looking towards the reward, right? In the same way, my friends, yes, we know that destruction is coming, But we need to be focusing on the reward. Guys, I'm not looking forward to what's about to come. If I'd be honest with you, it freaked me out. (laughs) But I just want to hear God's voice now and do the little things he asked me to do because I know he'll take care of me then. I can have the confidence. Amen? But there are people that will tell you, oh, things are going to continue the way they always have. That's a false message. But there's also other people that will try to tell you that they've got it all figured out, and that's a false message too. We don't have it all figured out. We know the basic plan, right? We know there's going to be the mark of the beast. We know that there's going to be a time of, of, of a trouble such as we have not seen or, or read or experienced before. 
and we know God's going to miraculously deliver us out of all of it when we feel that there's absolutely no hope and we're about to be lost and we're not even sure we're going to be saved, that's when he's going to come and deliver us. We know those things. But I don't know the exact way this is all going to unfold. And I'd be lying to you if I did. And God didn't give it to us intentionally because he's expecting us to hear his voice. If not, you're following my plan. It's not going to be the best plan. I'll think it's pretty good. Because <laughs> I'm a human, I have flesh, right? But the reality is, it's not a good plan because God knows the end from the beginning. So here's what was written in this book called Desire of Ages. And I love that book. It's a great book. I don't know if we can get it on the screen. Desire of Ages. And it says this. And I pray that you hear God's voice in this. It is not the fear of punishment or the hope of everlasting reward that leads the disciple of Christ to follow him. So what would that look like in today's time? It's not, don't do this, or you're going to not be a good Adventist, or don't do that, or, or, or you know, if you were really, really good, you would do this, or you know what, if, if you do this, you're going to live longer, and you're going to feel better. Those are all great things. But it's not going to make anybody a disciple. You know, there are people who follow the health message better than us that don't even believe in God. <laughs> it's just the truth. There's people that dress more modest than us sometimes, and they don't believe in God. So those are not the things. So what is the thing? That they behold the Savior's matchless love, revealed throughout his pilgrimage on earth, from the manger of Bethlehem to Calvary's cross, and the sight of him, of who? The sight of him attracts, it softens, it subdues the soul. Love awakens in the heart of the beholders. So who is it that should be beheld? It's Christ. If my message is all about not trusting the vaccine or not trusting this or not trusting that, I am not pointing anybody to Christ. Let's just be real. I'm not. I don't have all the answers. I don't know all those things that are going on. But here's what I do know. I know that if I put my confidence in God and I read his word and I'm directed, it says, unless it goes against the word of God, I should be the most faithful citizen ever known. They should have no disrepute on me. They shouldn't be able to pull up something and say, hey, he's anti this or anti that. No, they couldn't find any of that on Daniel. Because all Daniel was doing was saying he was listening to the voice of God and he realized if I'm here in Babylon, it's because I need to reach somebody. And the person he was there for was the king. The one everybody else thought was unreachable. He understood that we are never anywhere that God didn't intend for us to be. And so if we're going through this time of COVID, we don't have to sit here and, and be so concerned about all these different avenues and things. Yes, follow the, the, the laws of the land. Wear the mask where you're to wear the mask. Take the vaccine if God isn't telling you not to. If he tells you not to take the vaccine, don't go against God's will, but sit there and don't be blasting everything and making everything a conspiracy. That's a bunch of false prophecies. It's, not, it's nowhere in our 
direction that that's what we would do. In fact, the exact opposite is there. Every instance of Scripture says we should go all the way up to the image and stand, but do not bow. It doesn't say be so cautious that you don't even come close. No. It says trust God. If they're going to throw you in the fire, let them throw you in because you're a Christian. Because that's when you start seeing the true works. People could say all sorts of things. You, you hear stories of like Desmond Doss and what he went through. And man, they threw shoes at him. They ridiculed him. They talked about how big of a coward he was. They looked like they were big and bad, bold men. Until the bullets started flying, we saw the true character of who was there. And I'll tell you the same thing. You may be looking at some of these speakers and you're elevating them up. But when the bullets start flying... Where is the truth? And what I want to make sure is clear is if your truth is from a man and it ain't Jesus Christ, you're in a big heap of mess. You better understand it for yourself. The only reason I get up and speak is not so that you could go, oh, let me follow what Pastor Joshua is saying, but I'm simply trying to inspire you to have a better connection with God, inspire you to see Jesus, inspire you to hear of his word, help break down some of the barriers that are in the way of that. And if I get in the way, I need to be broken down. That Christ could be lifted up. Are we following? Are we listening? Because it's only by his voice. It says they hear his voice. The scriptures say, they will hear my voice. My friends, that means the most important thing that we need to do is get to know his voice. And when you get to know his voice, here's the difference. Everything changes. Now all of a sudden, I'm not trying to give someone the health message because I think it's going to save their life or make them live longer. But I'm giving it to them because, man, it's good. I serve a God who, who led me in this way, and, and, and it wasn't like it was this difficult, troublesome thing. Watch as the quote goes on, if you guys can turn it to the next page here. It says, As the shepherd goes before his sheep, himself first encountering the perils of the way, so does Jesus with his people. When he puts forth his own sheep, he goes where? Before them. The way to heaven is consecrated by the Savior's footprints. The path may be steep, yes. It may be rugged, but Jesus has traveled that way. His feet have pressed down the cruel thorns to make the pathway easier and for us and every burden that we are called to bear, he himself has carried. I want you to understand this very clearly. If you're stepping constantly in thorns, it's because you're not following Jesus. It's not, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's not. Sometimes we've got to go up those steep, you know, you've been on some of those trails and it says you have medium, you have, or easy, medium, and like you have like hard trails, right? And those hard trails sometimes can take the wind out of you, everything, but there's still a beat path. There's still a place that has already been laid before you. You know the direction. You understand very clearly that you're on the path because you're not out there getting all the, you know, those 
weeds that start to sting really bad. You know, when you get off the path, you get into those or you get into all sorts of them. You don't get into that when you're on the path. So if a speaker is preaching to you and telling you that you just need to do this, 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 and you just keep finding, ow, 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 it's because you're not on the path. And you're listening to a man. Jesus is the one that calls the shots. I don't know what each of you's biggest burden is right now or struggle. If God had hit me with everything I know now, when I first came, I would have walked away. There are so many times I could tell you, knocking on people's doors, that God would put words in my mouth that I would have never said to them. I've had to hold back at times, and I saw later why. Do you know that even if you have the truth, A.T. Jones, E.J. Wagner were instructed not to preach it because it wasn't the time. This is all biblical, guys. Some people have lied to you. They make it sound like just because it's true, you have to shout it from the mountaintops. That's only true if God is telling you to shout. He calls the shots. He tells us when. We have to hear him. His timing is right. Every time. Because God was trying to protect E.A.T. Jones and E.J. Wagner. And had they listened, they would have never experienced the pain they went through. But they still would have been living their life correctly and God would have given the time for the message to come. Do we trust in God or not? Is he big Is he real? Is he the one that created the heavens and the earth? Does he know? Then stop trying to be God. We need to hear God. My appeal is simple. Stop and listen. He'll talk to you. If you're not hearing from him directly, there's a problem. And nothing you do is going to solve it. You can't, like Adam and Eve, put on your own loins. You can't fix this problem yourself. So go to Jesus. He'll take care of it. He'll tread down the path for you. He'll make it plain and easy. But guys, this isn't a guessing game. This isn't something where you come to God and you you plead and say, God, just show me your will. Please, God, show me your will. As if he doesn't live. Of course, it may not feel like you're in God's will, but you can't leave God's will unless you leave God. It's really simple. We make it so hard, but it's not that hard. You want to know when God's speaking? It's kind of like this. I think I could take five of these, and God says, you should take ten. Or maybe, I think I should take ten, and God says, just take one with you today. But you ignore it. You're like, that's not God. That's just, that's just something. You know, you've heard the voice. Like, we got to start training ourselves to listen to the voice. And then guess what would happen on Sabbath? Man, this place would be crazy. You guys would be constantly talking about all the wonderful things that God had been doing because you would start to see there was no way that you would have known. Why did I only take one? I was going to take ten. But your pride made you take the ten anyways, but you found out you messed up God's plans. 
though you can't really mess them up, he's still going to accomplish it, but you, you didn't get the blessing. You understand what I'm saying? But when you listen, when he says, hey, pick that person up on the side of the road, and you go, oh, I don't want to do that, but you listen, you start to experience, you say, wow, God knows what he's doing. And now all of a sudden you start to say, I know where I'm going. I may mess up and I may fall and I may stumble, but I know that the God's going to finish the work that he started me because he's still talking to me. The only sin that's unpardonable is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because now God has no way to talk to you anymore. As long as he's speaking to you, there's hope. Is God speaking to somebody today? Has somebody been just going through the motions, being a good Adventist? Because if I read my Bible right, there's going to be a lot of good Adventists in hell. We don't like to preach it, but Ellen White says that the large majority of Adventists will be lost. I'm not a mathematician, but a large majority is over 50 percent, maybe over 60, probably closer to 75. As it was in the days of Noah, Noah was a pretty good guy. You know what happened, right? The sons of God went with the daughters of men, and they looked godly, but inwardly, they became ravenous wolves. And a false message began to go. And it got so bad that everybody was following only the intents of their own heart and their own imaginations. They were coming up with rules and regulations that God had never intended or given. If you read Ellen White, she tells us that the ones that were foremost in rejecting the writings of God looked altogether Christian. Sometimes we think about it when we read it, we go, oh, those were all looking really bad. But no, read it. Read what was said. Read the insight given to us. It's the same message. My friends, those that will reject in the end are those that are rejecting right now. Listen, not to me. I'm not... I don't have the rhythm. I'm not that good at dancing. But Jesus is the best instructor. He'll never let you down. Somebody today needs special prayer. Someone needs to come. And we need to gather around each other because, my friends, this is real. And a lot of us are going to be lost. And I can't sit here and say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Because there's no peace when we're not listening to God. There's no peace in your life, in your heart. You want to have true victory. We need to come up front. And I know it's COVID. I know I, don't, I, I want you to keep your distances. But you could even make a motion like you're coming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like maybe just, just, you know, step out of your aisle a little bit or do something. But if you need prayer. Don't listen to my voice. God's the one talking to you. He's, he's grabbing you inside. Let's listen. Let's listen. If you can come to the front, come to the front. If you can't make it here, just keep your distances. Guys, we want to make sure everybody stays safe. But we need to still respond to God's voice. Amen?
Now, don't get the wrong impression as you're coming up. I'm not praying for you because I'm more holy than you. I'm praying with you. And I need it just as much as you do. I'm already up here. God doesn't call pastors because they're good people. He calls pastors because it's the only way he can save them. And sometimes it's your guys' experience, your love, that speaks to our hearts. It gets us back on the right path. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, you see those that have come forward. You see those that have moved. You see those, Lord, that have been spoken to, Lord, today by your voice. Lord, they've heard you. And Lord, they, they know that there's so many distractions in their life. There's so many things that just keep grabbing their attention and, and they keep following after other men and other ways and their own thoughts and they keep becoming disappointed. But Lord, I pray that they wouldn't give up because you're not going to give up on them. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have our ears attuned to you that we could hear your voice. Lord, please be with those that have come forward. You know what they're going through. You know their struggles. Some are struggling and and have been struggling to even believe that you're real. And yet, Lord, you're speaking to their heart. You're confirming to them. Even today, Lord, you're you're moving in powerful ways. And and Father, I just pray that you, you distract and remove the devil from us, Lord because he's there speaking too, and he's trying to lie to us. He's telling us we're not good enough. He's telling us that we'll never make it. He's telling us that we don't know enough. He's telling us that we're not prepared enough. He's telling us that we're not good enough. He keeps saying all these lies, Lord, and all you keep saying is follow me. And Lord, in the invitation, we find our, that, you, that you do believe that, that we can make it because you wouldn't call us if you couldn't get us there. Lord, I pray I pray, Father, that you would make us the best possible version of ourselves. That we could reflect your character, that we would know how to turn away the attention from ourselves and point it to you, Jesus. Take away the covetousness of our hearts. Take away, Lord, the pride and the arrogancy and the fact that we sometimes think that we are gods. And help us, Lord, to humble ourselves today to hear your voice and to have something to share as we show that there's a living God, that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob is our God and that, Lord, you're going to part some seas for us this week. You're going to move some mountains for us this week. Lord, you're going to touch hearts this week. You're going to give us people that we can invite to the series this week. You're going to get books to people's homes that need to be there this week. Lord, I know that you're going to do this. So I pray that you bless. Lord, hear our humble cry and help us to hear your beautiful voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.